Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie. Hello and welcome to the Boys in the Band podcast. I'm Richard Gallagher. And I'm Peter Smith. And on this week's show, we're joined by Rob Pine, Grant Marsh and Dean Mumford from The Rifles. And if you ever wondered what a Friday night with The Rifles is like, and this is the podcast you need to listen to. Yeah, it is indeed. Rob and Grant were on their craft beers uh, while Dino was getting stuck into his carafe of Merlot. Uh, he even had a Venturi aerator to make it even better. Uh, whatever so it, uh, yeah, whatever that is. Uh, but it turned into a bit of a wild one, but a lot of fun. Um, but it gets pretty wild at a rifles gig too. You know, booze flying around at those, literally. Uh, speaking of which, here's Grant on getting pelted by a flying Guinness at one show. Well, I've got a brand new drum kit and it was white, the one I still use now. And it was like first yeah. gig, and then someone threw a Guinness and it come flying over and landed on my kit. Do you know what I mean? It was like brand new, pristine white, <laughs> and this Guinness went all over it. I was horrified. But normally, like, they get jogged before they get to me. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a deflector. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great to talk tactics about avoiding flying beers. Grant and Dino, the keyboard player, are usually tucked away at the back, out of reach, but bassist Rob is exposed, along with singer Joel and their other guitarist Lucas, isn't it? Indeed, yeah, they're hiding out at the back, but they're possibly uh, inspiring a bit of competition to see how far people can launch them back at them when they finally get back on stage. But beers launched in appreciation, of course, rather than anything else we should stress. Uh, we also chat to the guys about their albums, which have all charted really well, big following, uh, playing with Paul Weller as well, and what's next for them. Yep, some good stories in there, including teaching Paul Weller how to play Ian Rifles again after he'd forgotten. Uh, so give it a listen and remember to leave us a review and get in touch on our social media channels to let us know what you think. And remember, we'll be getting their selections for My Naughty's number one album for Wednesday's bonus podcast. So look out for that one as well to see what their favourite albums were of the 2000s. But for now, here's the Rifles story. This week on the Boys in the Band podcast, we're delighted to be joined by three of the five members of the Rifles, almost a full artillery. We've got bassist Rob, Cameron Grant, and keyboard player Dean. Uh, how's it going, guys? Good, good mate. Cool. Great. Yeah, Excellent good. Stuff. Dino, we've been chatting on social media for a bit, so great to, great to get you on. Thanks for sorting us out. Uh, right, but we're well. gonna, thank you very much. We're going to kick things off with a sound check. Yeah, yeah. So first question is, whereabouts are you? Let's start with you, Rob. Uh, I'm at home, obviously. Um, <laughs> just in North East London, yeah. Not too far from Grant. We were thinking about popping around his, but uh, yeah, the boy was... could be Bob. Put the bed. But yeah. <laughs> you're in North East London as well, Grant, yeah. 
Yeah, well, as I say, it looks like I'm in space by my. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got I'm actually in. Um, <laughs> he's in Morgan, on Mars. So not, not, uh, not on the moon. Yeah, Grant's got a funky, uh, clever background, if you're wondering what he meant, <laughs> meant by being in space. <laughs> and uh, Dino, whereabouts are you, mate? I'm rabbit girlfriends in Surrey near um, Ampton Court. Yeah, nice. Not, <laughs> yeah, which is really nice, and which coincidentally isn't fast, about five minutes from Luke. The guitarist around the corner, but um, he's not on tonight, is he? But um, yeah, I'm really near Luke here. So, like the local pubs, I meet up with him in local pubs near right near Hampton Court Palace uh, Overground. He's nearer that to me, but um, in that manner, in that vicinity. Very yeah. nice neck of the woods. All right, next up in the sound check is all about what you're listening to at the moment. So, um, so Grant, is there anything that you've been listening to at the moment that you can recommend to us? Um. I've been listening to um, Phoebe Bridges, Genoa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bloody yeah. hell, Grant. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> was it? <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. Yeah, I she's amazing. Oh, yeah. honestly, I was. She'd done radio with, um recently. Yeah, sorry, mate. Go on. Yeah. Did she? I did. I yeah, she'd done um, Fake Plastic Trees recently. Oh, yeah, she might have done, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, well, mate. Yeah, I've just been listening to a bit of her. I mean, I prefer her first record. Um, Strangers in the Alps, but the, the new one, Punishes, quite good. Kyoto's a good single. Um, yeah, I've been listening to a bit of her. Uh, actually, Leanne Le Havis, she did a Radiohead cover as well, which is really good. Um, yeah, Weird Fishies, that's that's a good one to check out. Like It's, it's done yeah. live and in the studio. That's It's a wicked cover, man. But, yeah. Awesome. How about you, Rob? Any recommendations? Uh, well, I've been listening to, yeah, uh, Michael Kiwanuka. I don't know if I can pronounce his surname properly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, just decent, like, Marvin Gaye kind of vibes coming out there. I'm really into that at the minute. He's on quite often, to be honest, but... Yeah, yeah. Prize then, winner this week, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really realise he was that well-known. He obviously is, but, um, yeah, obviously pleased for him. Yeah, it's brilliant. But I'd like to see him live, but, just, yeah, don't know when that's ever going to happen again. <laughs> one day, one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dino, Phoebe Bridges for you as well. Oh, well, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got... Into her. She recently played in a church with just a, a, a woman on a grand piano and she covered Fake Plastic Trees. And I think um, even Tom York said it was like one of the best versions he'd heard. Oh, wow. So that's got me into listening to her stuff. And I, I'm not as Heather's Grant uh, as far as Heather's Grant is, but I'm still now learning her new stuff, like her first album and that. Because that one performance in the church was, like, was amazing. Like. She was dressed like in like um, what John Entwistle wore. Um, is it either white the skeleton outfit? Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, 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 she wears it. Yeah, 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 she had one of them on. She, where's she from, Grant? She's Canadian or American? She's nice from LA. LA? Yeah, yeah from LA, man. But the first record out, it's great, man. Good. Yeah, that's what I'm just getting into now. So that's what I was genuinely going to say. But um, yeah, she's the bollocks. Yeah, she's brilliant. Christ yeah, you're not alone now. We, we've had a few people mention Phoebe Bridges, haven't mm. we, Pete? I think uh, oh, really? Joe Carnell. Yeah, I think Joe Carnell mentioned her and... Somebody else in oh, the early ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, we've all got the same answer sheet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I spoke to Joe earlier, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were just going to say Phoebe Bridges, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, third and final question in the sound check is, what's the best gig you've been to that you can still remember? Because obviously it's been so long now since we've been out. But any good gigs you went to, maybe the back end of 2019 or something like that, that were still in the memory? I went to, um, I see the, Idols at the Forum. Kentish Town Forum. They played it a week after we did, and I just went, uh, "Yeah, that was just for the joy of 
Joy is an Actual Resistance album. Yeah, it was, that was amazing, man. Tell you, what, there must, tell you what, there must have been some gig. Just on last week's show, when we were talking to Coz from Larrick in Love, he picked out that very show as, as his oh, really? first recent gig. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of glad I got to see him then because I think next year they're supposed to be playing Brixton Academy like four nights in a row. So it's probably, yeah. Well, it's it's probably Paddy, the last smallish gig you'll probably see them do, so I was quite pleased to get yeah, in there. But, uh, nice. Yeah, great live band. Yeah, yeah. I went to see Sed Seven at uh, Brixton Academy in November last year. No, 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 no. Just, like, said, oh, December, and it's Sed December, isn't it? Said yeah, yeah they're Christmas year. shows, yeah. They're Christmas shows. Um, before that, we was, we was we were gigging, weren't we? So I didn't really get out to see much. So, uh, yeah, the last gig I saw was at the back of last year was Shed 7 in December. They'd done two nights there. All the hits, you know, you know what they do. Mm. And then we, we gigged in February and then COVID kicked in. So that's the last gig I saw live. They're fucking amazing. The yeah. dogs. It was every hit, you know, and uh, absolutely rams for both nights. I, heard, I, I went the second night. Feels like they're having yeah, a bit of a renaissance, doesn't it? Suddenly they're getting like a lot of yeah. radio play and stuff like that again, and just people talking yeah. about them again. Seems like it's yeah, come back for them again. Really, has, isn't it? Because Go for Gold came out in 2005, mm. 25 years ago. I did Morning yes. Glory this today, 25 years ago. So 20 Go for Gold was 25 years ago, and at Shed December in December just gone. The crowd, Rick Witter, just stopped singing. And they would put the mic out like that to the crowd. And it was, what's Brixton old? 5,000, isn't it? 5,000 yeah, people. Yeah. Is, it, yeah. is, that, is that right? And it's like 5,000 people just singing Going for Gold with the bands. They went all quiet, though. And it was, it was like superb. You think, fucking hell, this, I'm thinking, when did this song come out? <laughs> and 25 years ago, it was fresh as today. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's another comeback for them, probably bigger than they were in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. cool. And Grant, anyone stand out for you? Um, yeah, well, just before lockdown, I actually went with Rob. We went to see Supergrass at Addy Paddy. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 It was good, man. It was like, there's just, there's just so many hits, man. It's just like, yeah. It's, you just, when you go and see them live, it's just song after song. You think, oh, there ain't another one. But there's like so many like, tunes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. they were great. They were really cool. <laughs> good band. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I remember seeing them at Reading Festival way back in the day and they, yeah, as you say, just song after song is just, just brilliant, isn't it? They're such a good band, got such a, a deep catalogue to, to draw from. They're just a brilliant band, love yeah. them. I was but probably there at yeah. Reading back then. Sorry, mate? The, I think, yeah, if it was like really early on, I was probably there as well, actually. I used to go to Reading every year for about five or six years. Yeah, yeah, um, great festival. Yeah. yeah. Was you ever there when Nirvana was there, Rob? No, that was a bit to I've got 91 well talking about geese guys um they don't come much bigger than oasis at nebworth and i think that's maybe what inspired joel and lucas to form a band in the first place but tell us from your point of view um rob maybe how the rifles all came together um yeah i mean i've known joel since i was about five years old so we went to school together and then um yeah, and then after school, we both got playing into playing instruments, but um, kind of drifted apart a little bit. And I remember I bumped into him in a pub oh, when I was maybe like 19 or 20. And then he just said, oh, yeah, I'm in a band now. Do you want to come along and play? And then that's how I kind of got back playing with Joel. And then we just added, he knew Luke from college. Um, we just kind of developed from there. We had uh, another guy, another Luke in the band for a little while. And then, um, and then, yeah, eventually we met Grant and then, 
yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, indeed. And we read that your first gig was at the, the Bull and Gate in Kentish Town in 2004, obviously an area yeah, of London with a, with a great live music scene. So um, tell us about those early days and, and building, building that buzz around your early tunes, like Peace and Quiet and that. Grant, do you want to take that I think that it one? might have actually been, um, I think it might have been 2003. Really? No, I think yeah. so. I'm sure it was because we got like an old VHS of it, and I found it like when I was clearing out in lockdown. I'm sure it was 2003, <laughs> like quite a while ago. But yeah, yeah. you still got like, the video, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know whether it works. I need to get it transferred on some like kind of DVD or something. What are your memories of, of that gig then and those early days building the buzz around your early tunes? I don't know. We were just all, we all looked like complete. We was in a completely different band for what I remember. I mean, Luke had flares on, <laughs> and um, yeah, Joe looked like he was stoned. Rob, uh, he had longer hair. Rob Joe had was... a five-string bass. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe was just singing. Joe wasn't playing guitar then either, because there was no. another Luke on guitar. So yeah, it was a bit of a different setup then. Obviously, no, um, no Dino, but uh, yeah, it's pretty blurry to be honest, but. Yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, it's down. It's a shame, huh? Yes, yeah, gastro pub now. Like, yeah. It was, it was rammed. It was good. Well, rammed without mates anyway. But it, was, it was a good yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah. Well, in there recently, and walked around. Well, before lockdown, and walked around to that bit. This like Rob said, it's all or Grant said, it's all um, like tables for a restaurant now, where the stage was. It's just gone. Yeah, it's all gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I actually saw you at the Bull and Gate after two thousand and three you played there a few times so i was roading for yeah. rifles for a few years and uh they're my favorite band to go and watch around because ollie slaney the manager i'd known for a long time and he said i'm managing this new band called the rifles i said all right he gave us the single to me and my brother and it was um peace and quiet the slow version lads now that all yeah. i yeah, the one john did on his in his bedroom i think yeah, yeah it's a bedroom one. and the b-side was holiday in the sun uh, my brother played it in the flat. I said, put that on again. Put that. No, normally bands give you a demo. Sometimes it don't, ain't, don't always make you want to put it on. It no, instantly hits you. So fucking hell, put that on again. Put that on again. Put that on again. So me and my brother went and watched them everywhere. Went up north. And then I ended up roading for him. And I used to be like, say, if you ever need keyboards, let, let me play keys for you. And, and it wasn't the great escape that you needed keys live, was it? But I, I saw you at the Bull and Gate when I was just like a fan of yours, like with my brother, and got to know you then, which is yeah. now nearly 20 seeing, years ago. I remember seeing Dino and his brother jumping around at the front like really early on, <laughs> before we really knew him, yeah. 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 <laughs> Super fan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was a bit of a dream from like, you know, my favorite bands at the time were the Libertines, the Rifles, of course, Oasis, amongst many others. So to get asked to actually go and play, one of the bands you follow around was like, and Powers, wasn't it, like in the pubs before yeah. and after it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, made up. Yeah, got me out of van driving. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, no love lost. Uh, the debut. Uh, let's talk about that. How it came about. How it was written. How it was recorded. What's the story behind this one? How did it all come together? Go on, Jay. Um. Well, we recorded it in loads of bloody studios, wasn't it? It was like recorded it. First of all, we did like the first track with being Brody to sort of try them out. I can't remember where. Was it because I think Luke or someone heard of some tracks that he was doing, like the sound of them. Um, and we went in a studio called Westside, which is sort of West London somewhere. It's not there anymore. And we did Local Boy. Yeah, that turned out really good. And then we just did, yeah, we did the rest of the album. But we went to, we went to Conk, which is Ray Davis's studio. We went to, 
Where else we go, Rob? Rack. What's the one in yeah. Is Rack Went to uh, one in Liverpool. We went to a lot of it was done in Elevator actually. Elevator in Liverpool, yeah. Yeah. In Liverpool. And uh yeah, we, you know. What type that was with Ian Brody, wasn't it? Yeah, with Ian Brody, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean he was really hands on at the beginning and uh like Grant said he did local boy uh, as a single because uh, I know he's, he's doing the Subways album before, and we really liked the sound of that. It was really quite live and kind of raw, and that's the kind of thing we thought would suit us. And uh, I can't exactly remember how we got in touch with Ian Brody. I think that might have been through Ollie, our manager, because he was at Sony at the time. Yeah, it must And uh, yeah, it just kind of went from there. And Brody wanted to get really involved and just help us, so he kind of took on. Yeah, he just yeah just really wanted to do the music himself, I think, with us. So he recommended a few places and we tried a few places out. And then I can't remember, maybe did it over like four or five months. I can't remember. I think yeah, yeah, it took a while. I remember, I remember we was in like different studios for, for ages. I remember once we even did a gig, um, it was Mayfair Studios. I think it was in Primrose Hill. And then we did half yeah. a day there recording. And then we did Camden Crawl in the afternoon. Yeah. In that, that nutty... Uh, Camden Verge, do you remember when everyone was like jumping on the stage and where <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Brody was quite hands on. I remember when we recorded Local Boy and then he um he just couldn't get this snare sound he wanted. He tried about twenty snares. All the snares That's in the quiet. Just... That was peace and quiet, man. Yeah, and then by the end of the end of it we got yeah, by the end of it, we got around to the first snare we'd used, and he went, "Yeah, that's the sound, boys." And then that was uh, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the day, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. I remember he fell asleep, and then Luke woke him up with an accordion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, we had a video. No? I wish we still had it, but yeah. I think he was suffering from insomnia at the time. So that was the t- yeah. one time he did fall asleep. Luke woke yeah, him up. Yeah, he fell asleep. Most fall asleep. <laughs> Poor dude. Man. There you go. And what yeah. about the um, the opening? He's got standards. as a as another big tune, isn't it? That's a blinder, isn't it? Yeah, it's obvious what it's about. What's Joel? Joel wrote that, right? That comes from a jam, I think. That one. But the actual music was a lot of jam and the rest of them. But yeah, he obviously wrote the lyrics and yeah. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was. I think that might have been a bit of a later song when he was doing it for the album. Actually, on the actually oh, when we was getting the tracks together. Do you know what I mean? So there's loads of tracks that. Joe done at home like early on like Peace and Quiet and Spend a Lifetime and stuff that have been around yeah. for ages I guess but I think things like Standards and Home Sound Blues and stuff like that I think they come a bit later and they kind yeah, of ended up going on you know Where is it the premises where we did Standards oh, I remember that actually weirdly but yeah some songs just came from jamming together like that and like Grant said other stuff um, uh, Joe had already kind of written acoustically at home and uh yeah, those ones we just developed, or like spend a lifetime just stayed acoustic. So yeah, sometimes it just yeah, yeah. yeah doesn't need to be yeah. any more than that. Yeah. yeah, excellent. We um we've mentioned mentioned Kentish Town already. Obviously started there at the Bullen Gate, and but by two thousand and seven you'd upgraded all the way to the four and yourselves. And a famous gig where you were joined by Paul Weller and sang Eastern Rifles, a, a very fitting cover for you boys to to be on. So um tell us about that. How did that come about, and what what was he like? Uh, yeah, he's a lovely guy. He was really nice. But I think um. I think Luke, like, we was played at a V Festival, maybe, and I think uh, Luke dropped one of our CDs into his dressing room. And then he ended up getting in contact with Luke. And Luke, I like, ended up speaking to him quite a bit on the phone. And he helped us out with, like, recording and stuff. We let us go to his studio up in, um, oh, sorry, down in Ripley. And then uh, I think Luke just dropped it on him, like, maybe you want to do a song about us and that. He said, um, yeah. He said, only if I could. He said, yeah, we'll play one of yours if you can play one of mine, kind of thing. And then, um, yeah. 
but but he hadn't he hadn't played Eaton Rifles for so long he forgot he forgot the calls now. I think mean, I remember Joel having to show him the calls to his own song. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, and and yeah. when we did it live, he got great. the wrong verse or something. I think he sung the second verse <laughs> on the first verse. Yeah. And Joel sung it again. But, yeah. but he was pretty yeah, cool. Great. Great. It was amazing to do. He was, uh, turned up with his own uh, uh, guitar tech for the rehearsals and everything. Just sat there smoking a fair guy. He's all his stuff for him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. You can crack on. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get out. Yeah, he's really chilled, and yeah, he's a lovely guy. Man. Great stuff. So, so Dino, when did you uh, when did you get involved with actually playing with a band? What sort of uh, time? It was. Was, uh, it was um, I can tell you actually, it was uh, October two thousand and eight. Well, the Great Escape came out, ended up coming out in January two thousand and nine. But Joel ran me up at the end of September two thousand and eight. Because I'll never forget, because I'd just left my van driving job and I applied for a job at HMV in Oxford Circus. I was about to start on the Monday. Joe ran me up on the Sunday and he said, what are you doing? What are you up to? And I said, well, I've got this job tomorrow at Oxford Circus, HMV. He went, no, you ain't. You're coming to the premises in Acne tomorrow to rehearse with us because we're going on tour with this great Escape album, which I didn't know any of the songs. He went, I'll, send you, I'll email you the tunes over now. So he's literally like, sent them over there and then so I started learning them so like the following day got to the premises in Acme and cracked on and then the next thing I know at the beginning of October actually at where we are now 12 years ago we would have been on tour with Weller yeah. uh, for the greatest character but the thing was Rich it was like the album weren't out so we were doing like Out in the Past Science and um, like all those tracks off the album no one knew them because it didn't come out, boys, did it, till uh, January 2009. Uh, uh, and we'd oh. done Brixton Academy, like the Rifles at Home gig, and then done the uh, Winter Wonderland for XFM the following week in there, do you remember? Yeah, I remember and playing Brixton twice yeah. in a row. Yeah, so we are doing like Great Escape album tracks. So the answer to the question was uh, October 2008, which was an absolute turnaround in my life after begging them for ages, let me play keys for you, let me play keys yeah. And then Joel dropped that phone call on me just as I quit my job at the end of August. So um, it all moved round. But the crowd didn't know the Great Escape tunes. And then it came out in January 2009. Then it was toured. And of course, everyone knew him by then. Um, so it's been 12 years for me. 12 years, yeah. Today, this week. <laughs> 12 years this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the top boys that I'm tour with always be best mates beforehand. Do you know what I mean? So. It's going to them, it was just like going down the pub with them, but we're doing gigs. But supporting Paul Weller, which was very, very bizarre, but surreal. But I'll never forget, you know what I mean? So Yeah, great experience, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very yeah. humble about it all, but, you know. We've been talking about gigs, guys, but uh, slightly different sort of shows you used to do were on Soccer AM. Um, I work at Sky, and I know those guys pretty well, and they've always, they always champion the uh, indie bands, don't they? So... Yeah. Yeah, you had a few stints, early early starts on a Saturday. How did you find those? That proper like nerve wracking. I remember before sitting in that green room before, man. I, I was more nervous about doing that than any gig, man. It was oh, yeah, yeah, bit of a nightmare. But we did that little only for resources sketch. I can't really watch that. Watch that back. I do cringe a bit on that one, but it was, uh, <laughs> nice to nuts, man. Don't worry about it. We did that way with the trotters. We actually we had a gig at the Metro, and we had to sort. of Gary Proudfoot come on and we had to play like the Annie Fox and Horses. Um, I think it was the outro. I don't know if it was the intro or the outro. I think it was the outro. 
Yeah. Yeah. He called yeah. us the trotters and stuff. He was our manager. But uh, yeah, the, the that was trotters. quite an experience. <laughs> Yeah, they're always good getting on, getting the indie bands on, and know you you're on there a few times. So, uh, football fans yourselves, boys, is there rivalry amongst the bands about over who you support? Yeah, because I'm Tottenham and Rob's West Ham. So I know Tot Rob's a secret Spurs supporter anyway. Bring it. Yeah, me being from London, I support Liverpool. You know. Well, I'm I'm Spurs as well, Dino. So that. Fine, but uh, Pete, Pete's Millwall, so we're, we're all rivals on here. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. It's going to be a big fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob's just hung up. <laughs> oh. You look far too polite to be a Millwall fan. Let's go. Oh, mate, yeah. <laughs> Millwall or <are> nothing. <laughs> well, did you not get that impression from me? <laughs> All right, guys, well, we'll call yeah. it half-time. And after a quick break, we'll chat to the guys about the rest of the Rifles albums, um, why Grant and Rob stepped away for a few years and what brought them back. Right, to go. <laughs> and also what's next for the band as well. Hello, everyone. I'm Dino from the Rifles, and we're on the Boys in the Band podcast. You're listening to the Boys in the Band podcast. For more naughty nostalgia, Check out our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast for more interviews like this. What are you, what are you drinking there, Dino? Uh, Laura, what am I drinking? Merlot. 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 Bit of Merlot. Bit of Merlot. Merlot. Bit of Merlot. <laughs> Actually, I'm actually drinking the Mrs's wines. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've got this lovely thing here. Look, where's it? Carasts. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, nice. my yeah. And he went, he looks like a blinking um, vase for flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't care what festival he comes in. Just fucking tooth claws and serve it up. Very continental. Yeah, I like jubbly. it. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Lovely jubbly. All right. Welcome back to the Boys in the Band podcast, where we're joined by Rob back. Grant. We're back, Rob Grant and Dean from the <laughs> Rifles. As you can tell, it's a rowdy one. We're having good fun. Uh, guys, yeah. tell us about the follow-up to the debut, 2009's Great Escape. Dino, you were in the mix by this point, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, I started playing in October 2008, over Christmas and that, and the six-week tour doing... Boys, remember the big arenas with Weller, like the MEN, the NEC. The NEC's not called that anymore, is it? But then yeah. the SEC in Scotland, so... Uh, and they were doing all the great escape tunes, the boys were. And then the album's released in January, and then the tour was actually February, March, April, May. It was really quite intense, wasn't it, on the Silver Grey bus and all that. Um, that was my... That's where I started gigging uh, and it was the best time I'd ever had. You know, it was, like, so exciting supporting a hero like, of Weller and going to places in England I never thought I'd ever go to the pockets of England you never think you'd ever visit and go to all these local pubs and, and all that. And do you remember when my birthday, I think it's that thatched roof pub where I'd done the karaoke with a transvestite. Do you remember that? <laughs> that was October the 30th, 2008, the greatest escape. Was, do you remember that? <laughs> you know all the dates, you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just it. remember them. Yeah, yeah, I've got this stupid memory. But yeah, the, the following year, 2009, that was the best, great escape, really kicked off for that year, when it lads. It really went, the album was released and it all went off then. So we had the excitement of the prequel to it, and then it was released, and then we had it all again for that for the whole of 2009. Rob ran Germany. 
Uh, Rob will tell you, he knows more about Germany yeah. than anyone. Um, everywhere Matt, I, I remember when the album actually came out, we did like a gig at the Boogaloo from what I remember, which was like the album launch party at a Boogaloo. Yeah, gig, yeah. Like a full band gig on the actual day of the record coming out. And then, and then yeah, we did that tour after on the bus, but... Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing yeah. in Germany, Rob, Rob will tell you, everywhere you go in Germany, every, I mean, we've been everywhere, haven't we? From Cologne, I mean, every single city and town. <laughs> so yeah. Rob, it's so good to you out there. For one example, like you go in the dressing room, Peter Rich, right, and in England, you get a, uh, a fridge. Like, if you do the roundhouse, get given 24 beers for, like, 10 people, and that's it. I'm not putting the roundhouse down because they're blind in there. But in Germany, they, 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 they like their beer. So when you get in the dressing room, do you remember, Rob, there's this huge fridge, like a Coca-Cola oh, fridge you get in the news agents, right? Yeah. Which could hold about 100, and it held 100 <laughs> beers. Uh, welcome to Berlin. Welcome to Berlin. Uh, this is your beer. When it runs out, you tell me I refinish it. Are you in England or like no. in Oxford, man? In Oxford, you get a four pack of Cronenberg and piss off. Yeah. You know what I mean, and in Germany, you just look after like a king <laughs> everywhere you go. It's my fa- and that was the great escape tour. Back to your question, that was the, that great escape tour was predominantly around. We had a massive tour in Germany. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. And it was the it was the nuts. It looks after like kings. Yeah, no, great man. It was come back after the tour. It was like six weeks, pretty much, like just drinking every day, man. Coming back, just like sitting down, like yeah, it was awful. Right? After this, man, like, <laughs> trying to live a normal day. Oh, yeah. It was good though. Great that tour. Was the longest, that was the longest tour we did. I think that was six weeks, and we was in the UK, and then we went to Germany and uh, Holland as well, and then Austria, and then we came back to the UK and supported Weller. I think, and then we might have gone back to Europe yeah. again after that. I don't know. Oh, we did go back to Europe. Yeah, we ended up in Paris. We had to come back yeah, in Paris. maybe it finished Paris. in Paris. Yeah, I can't remember. I've got like yeah. the lanyard thing yeah. somewhere on my dad. Utrecht, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure it ended in Utrecht for some reason. Yeah, I remember that. It was just so bizarre, Peter Riggs, man, because I've never gone to these places in my life. And then to suddenly be on tour with my best mates, my favourite band, and up in these gaffs, you know, like, it, this is a great escape tour. It was like, it was it was really, really bizarre for me, but you're right, Rob. We, we did go back out again, then come back. It might I be Utrecht or I can't remember now. I have to look at the thing, but yeah, we had to cancel a few because I passed out on stage. I think that was about five and a half. I just like yeah, just drinking every single day. And it was yeah, we was playing Manchester Arena, I think, supporting Weller. And then I was feeling a bit funny. Yeah, I was feeling a bit funny on stage. And every time I sang, I got really faint. And I thought, all right, I won't sing on the last song. And about a minute in, I just killed Rob. Yeah, but the boys just carried on playing and finished the song while I was laying on the deck. (laughs) 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 I think Weller's sound set up to the stage. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Do you know what, Rob? I was sitting right. I was sitting next to Weller. I weren't playing on that song. I was sitting next to Weller when you were doing that. It was. It was Romeo, I think. I weren't doing the harmonica. Yeah. And I stepped over to get to the bar. No. And he was sitting next to me. And Weller <laughs> went to me. I finally just met Weller. And Manny from the Stone Roses was sat next to him. And Weller went to me. You run round the back of the tr- Grant's drum kit, Rob. Do you remember? And collapsed behind the kit. Yeah. And Weller went, Dino, fucking help him. <laughs> fucking help him. Then he, then he had to get out because he couldn't be seen. Well, you know, he was down to us. And Manny's going, eh, I think I think your bass player's fell over. <laughs> I think he's fell over, man. Be better go and help him, man. So Weller said, Dino, help Rob, help Rob. See, I've gone, right, 
So I've run on like that. Managed to go, yeah, yeah, but eight players fell over. Fell over, man. That was Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they tried to give Rob the kiss of life and then Rob woke up. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. Yeah, yeah. It was on the moon with ground. Uh, so, sounds like very good times, but um, ah, blind. But, but not 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 too long after that, uh, Grant and Rob, you you both decided to step step away from the band for a bit. So, um, what was the the story behind that? Cologne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we decided to step away. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was yeah. There was nothing really. There was nothing major in it. Do you know what I mean? It was just after the separate record. It was just we did a lot of touring and a lot. Of, you know. Just yeah, it's just time to sort of have a break, and it was yeah, that was it really. It wasn't nothing major. We didn't fall out or nothing like that. It was, yeah, fair enough. In their in their absence, making the third album, Freedom Run, and uh, there were a couple yeah, of acoustic albums, weren't they, that come out around that time? Yeah, um, a couple of good. Well, Joe and Luke done the acoustics on their own. Well, Joe, I think done pretty, Joe and Luke pretty much done those albums at home on their own. Joel's got in, in his garden, he's got like a little um, a shed, a bit more than, than a shed, outbuilding. He's got a studio in there and he's put his upright piano in there. He's got a berry, berry piano. He's put that in there and it's a really nice studio set up. And the acoustic albums were done in there. Um, I didn't actually play on the acoustic albums, that was just Joel and Luke. But yeah, Freedom Run was done at, done down at Wellers in Ripley. It was quite bizarre because I was waiting for the boys to turn up and I didn't know. And then a, a school friend of mine, um, Kenny, I was at school with in Alpington in Kent. I said, what are you doing here? He said, I'm playing drums now. So I didn't, I didn't know, because I'd seen it to anyone for quite a while. I said, all right, cool, cool. So they dived in, and Lee Boy, wasn't it? That's yeah. Lee Boy. Yeah. And he dived in, top man, Lee Boy, really, really, really good friend of ours. Yeah, he was just one of them albums, so we smashed it out. I think Luke wrote most of the songs on that, well, half of them on that album. Down with Charles Reese at the studio in you know, Black Barn. It's done really quick in about a week or two, week or two. I was down there a week. And then it was released and then we toured it for about six months. It didn't go down well as the first two albums did live. And um, it was realised that, um, I, I, well, it did, it went down well. I mean, the songs are fantastic. I love that album, it's great, you know. But it, it didn't, um, it, it wasn't, that's a fantastic album. It wasn't as exciting as No Love Lost or Great Escape. So live, it was, um, yeah, it, it, it went down well, but it, yeah, I, yeah, it was, it was um, I think, was it two years before um, None the Wiser came out after that? None the Wiser came out. Help me out here, boys. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm just sitting back watching and enjoying this, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. it's about, uh, I yeah. think it's about two, three, two years. None the wiser. 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 None the None the wiser. Boss, and it was back on track track again in respect of um, Lee Boy and Kenny. Do you know what I mean? But it was back on track. It was being a fan and a roadie for the Rifles, and then being so lucky to be able to play with them on Great Escape, and then going for the Freedom Run thing, and then coming back. And it's been brilliant ever since. It was brilliant with them, but it's been 
even better ever since them coming back. As a fan as well, remember. As a fan as well. Yeah, so by that point, it was uh, sort of 2014 when None the Wiser came out. And uh, yeah. I think one, one of your highest charting albums as well. So, you know, yeah. Rivals actually have always sold pretty well and charted pretty decently. So, it's a really strong fan base for the bands. Yeah, yeah fans have always been, the, yeah, the, the one strong thing, like, throughout the whole time from the first album to now, you know, like, we wouldn't still be around if it wasn't for the, for the fans. They've just, yeah, they've been amazing. It's been, it's more kind of like a, a sort of like a club, do you know what I mean, than, than kind of anything else. It's just yeah, it it together, you know. But yeah, I think none of the come out like about two, three years later. Um, that was good, man. It was, it was good vibe doing that record. I remember in a, a studio called Snap. Where's that recorded, Grant? In Snap Where's Studios that? in um, Manor yeah. Park. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, that was yeah, it. was with Crack, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, David Kraken and uh, was it Stan? Was Stan doing that? No, Stan did the. Uh, he did no, Jamie, Skate, really. And Jamie, Jamie Ellis. Yeah. That's it, Jamie, yeah. Jamie Ellis. And, Jamie um, Ellis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of David Kraken, yeah, it was good. Yeah, some, some great songs. It's like one of my favourite albums. That one, man. It's, uh, yeah. some really it's good one of our favourites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah I think we were just yeah. excited to be back like, all together again and everything. It was a really good vibe. Like, quite a few songs John and Luke already had together, but we were just jamming and, yeah, like Grant said, that Snap um, Studio was amazing. It was just a really good vibe in there. And, and, and we are, yeah, we were talking the other day about maybe going back there if possible for the next album. So, yeah, we'll see. Oh, cool. When you talk about those two albums, like None the Wise and Big Life, the two most recent ones, how does that compare sort of writing and recording for those ones with the first couple of albums or the first album in particular in terms of how you guys have sort of developed, I guess, as musicians, as you know, as, as you know, in terms of the songwriting, how you perform in that studio, I guess you know what you're doing a lot more in that recording studio now than we did back in the mid 2000s. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think Big Life was difficult because around that time, uh, I moved to Germany, I lived in Germany for four years from 2014, so we had to kind of work around that. So that was a bit more disjointed, I had to fly over all the time and do everything, but so we would record it in bits and pieces, really. It took quite a long time to do that album. But um, I guess, yeah, I guess the experience we'd gained from the others made that a bit easier. It would have been a nightmare if that had been the first album. It probably wouldn't have happened at all. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I think with a None the Wiser, it was just, like I said, such a good vibe getting back together again. It just seemed really easy back then. I think everyone was just really enjoying it. And uh, the songs just seemed to come together quite easy on that album. So yeah. It's a bit like going them. back to No Love Lost again. I know, wasn't it? Like the vibe of No Love Lost was back, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. None the Wiser. Yeah. Well, was none the wiser, yeah, no, yeah, it was definitely, it, was, it definitely did feel like sort of starting again, and it was, yeah, it was cool, man, it was a, it was a really good vibe, and especially in that studio, as I say, it was a great studio to go in and work with, and yeah. it was a bit different working like with Dave, Ritz, like, a different producer again, but he was, he was really good, he, he brought a lot of good ideas to it and stuff, and mm. there's a lot of, a lot of good songs, there was a few jams that we had from, from before that we kind of got back together and kind of got, yeah, yeah. got them going, Got them going, but yeah, it's, it's just always hard when you're doing like the later albums because when you're doing the first two records, you've got like songs from infinite time before. Do you know what I mean? There's songs that Joel at home probably had like years ago. Do you know what I mean? And mm. you, you put all of them songs together, but when you're like when you've just got to write an album and be like, right, you, you've got to put an album out next year, it's, it's just, I guess there's a lot more pressure, you know, to, to do it. But yeah, that album just really comes together, really, from what I remember anyway, it just comes together really easy and it's just. It worked out great. Yeah, yeah. 
No, we used to play Go Lucky during the Great Escape tours, and then we uh, and then like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. We put it together for that. Yeah. What was like, it originally like, called? It was called. What was it originally called? It was um. Yeah. What was it? Grant? What, same mistakes. Same mistakes. Same mistakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I knew, record, I knew that. I knew that. Sorry, Peter Richard talking over, but I, I knew, knew it as same as mistakes, like before it became Go Lucky. And they said, let's revamp same mistakes. Then the next one, I knew, like, it was on um, None the Wiser. You can find it on YouTube live from like a long, long time ago. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone actually nicked it and tried to use it and say, well, someone from what I remember. I'm sure someone did. Sure, yeah, so, so it just appeared it's on the YouTube. Right? They did their own version of it, changed the lyrics, and they tried There's to... There's always a fucking rubbing of the demo. Yeah, yeah, I ran this, that fucking... It's probably you, Dave, to be honest. I ran this, I ran that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I do, what I do. I'll tell you what, this fucking this Merlot's going down the treats. <laughs> so um, I don't think uh, your most recent release, guys, was the the live at the Roundhouse, which came out sort of a few, few months back now. And, and I just yeah. see, it seems to really light up on social media. That fans really went after it and seemed to love it. So um, what was uh, your your feelings on that release, and and what were your plans originally for this period after that came out, and and what are you looking to do next? Yeah, I guess the live album thing is something. Everyone uh, going back to something you asked earlier, I think like. Because we never really got much um, radio play and stuff like that. We really built ourselves up through the fan base and everything. And I think um, got a bit of a reputation as a really good live band. So I think that was something to get that down on record was something we wanted to do for quite a long time. And that Roundhouse gig come along. It just seemed like an opportunity to do it as well. We was doing the 10th anniversary Great Escape Tour. So it's basically that whole album plus, yeah, some songs at the end and everything. And uh yeah, we only had that one night to do it because uh, of budget restrictions. So, but I think, yeah, listening back, you know, it turned out pretty well. So, uh, yeah, it's my birthday yeah. as well. Was it? Happy birthday, Dave. Was it actually your birthday on that day, though? On that day, Halloween. Was it? Was it Halloween? It wasn't Halloween. Yeah, my birthday. And I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm 40. Pete and Rich, they give me a mic. You should give me one of them. Right. So, it, Hello, Roundhouse. I said, it's my birthday. Tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 38 I was. 38. Don't worry about that. 38. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's on the vinyl. If you listen to the vinyl, it goes, you can hear me like a wally in the background going, this, this one's called out in the past. I go, it's my birthday. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah. And it goes down like a nag of lifts. You know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, all right, guys. Well, you mentioned it there. So, what's what's coming next? Um, obviously, we're restricted a little bit at the moment. Yeah, what's coming next? Plans Come for on, new music. Yeah, definitely. We've been in. We've been in the studio. We've done loads of jams. We was in. We was in last week, just doing the, a few uh, recording stuff and bits and pieces, writing really, and just yeah, that's it. There's there's stuff in the pipeline. So yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully soon. Cool. Nice stuff. We'll watch this space. All right, brilliant, boys. It's been great to talk about the, the rifle story. We're going to finish off with the with the encore. Now, Dino, we know you're a, you're a Merlot fan tonight. Uh, but oh, it's, it's, uh, beg me to, to ask. Quite partial. What, An 1834 is my favourite. It's made me wonder, what, what's all your favourite tipples? Well, mother prefers 1945, but I prefer 1934. Yeah, it's absolutely. Rob, what's your favourite tipple? 
Oh, like, I just got into this Thornbridge brewery lately. They make Jaipur. Do you know Jaipur? Ah, yeah. well. Cool yeah, Jaipur. Right. Here we go. Oh, oh, right. Grant's got one. Here we go. In space, Jaipur. Yeah. <laughs> I got a 24 box set the other week with Jamestown. Uh, what's the other one? Lucas. And then this salted caramel porter. I'm just, yeah. But it's Jamestown what? as well. Say that again. Salted, salted caramel, caramel porter. Salted porter. Caramel. So it's like... Bit like yeah, Paul is like really dark, quite thick, like Guinness kind of thing. So, but yeah, anyway. What's that, mate? Rob lived in Germany. He knows every single four years. He's a chef in Germany, and we toured there as well. Like he knows every bleating beer. What he, what he, what you, what he don't know ain't worth knowing about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, guys, second question in the encore. What's the best gig you've done uh, in the rifles? Best gig we've done? Well, that's, uh, I, I like Shepherd's Bush Empire after. I think it was, was it between Greats, uh, No Love Lost and Great Escape? That was good. There was like people yeah. literally like, throwing beers down from the balcony and then people throwing beers up to the balcony. It was just like, it was, <laughs> it was a bit crazy. My mum got one right in the old, uh, got one. Uh, <laughs> quite a few. Got quite, right, few, got quite a few on him. Luckily, they, they don't come as far back to me, but, um, but I remember that's just being a really good gig. <laughs> I think we did the talking, uh, talking video there. Yeah. Fucking what? Guns. They, they never eat you because well, I'm sitting next to you, and I. They never eat us, <laughs> me and Grant. The beers don't well, they did once. I remember when I've got my. Um, well, I've got a brand new drum kit, and it was white, the one I still use now. And it was like first yeah. gig. And then someone threw a Guinness and it come flying over and landed on my kit. Do you know what I mean? It was like brand new, pristine white. <laughs> and this Guinness went all over it. I was horrified. But normally, like, they hit Joel before they get to me. Do you know what I mean? He's a bit of a deflector. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but he moved Grant, out of the way, that one. We're quite lucky at the back, me and Grant, because he's, right, he's to my right. So me and you are in it, G. We're just there. So if we need to piss or anything, well, you can't. He's on drums. I can just walk over the bog over there and come back. No beers will ever get us. You got some fucking arm, like a javelin arm, to get us at the back. You, know I mean? you do realise that everyone's going to try and do it now. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's a challenge now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get slingshots and all sorts. What was it? Uh, Keith Moon and Ringo Starr said, "Well, they throw fruit at us, and we turn up the uh, the riot and the hi hat, and they make a salad. They throw a tomato." And Keith Moon said, "I drop the tomato in my hi hat, and they make that into a salad." And Keith and uh, Ringo Starr goes, well, I like a bit of lettuce. And lettuce is thrown over, and I turn up the ride, and I make a bit of lettuce, and I have a salad, a chicken salad by the end of it. It's on YouTube, you've got to watch it anyway. Yeah, I don't really do it. It's absolutely fine, you've got to watch it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right, all right, boys. So the last, the last question in the podcast is all about your the song that you're proudest of. So, are any of you able to pick out the rifle song that you you would uh, pick out as the song that you're proudest of? Go on, Rob. I don't know. Probably out in the past. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's the best yeah. song. That's the best song. <laughs> out in the past is the best song of the planet. And sometimes we're in the dressing room and Luke will be going, "Ah, oh, boys." I look at the set list, I think, I look down, where's out in the past, out in the past, there it is. As now and then, he ain't on there, I go, where's out in the past? And Luke goes, well, we've got, he, you know what, it's so difficult to choose. I have all the tunes. I say, bruv, slip out in the past in there somewhere, somewhere. Luke, he relents for me, doesn't he? Rob's your favourite and all. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
I'll do a, a I'll plug myself here. I'll do a, a classical piano version on YouTube. It's my favourite rifle tune of all times out in the past. I learnt classical piano, so I turned it into a classical piano tune on YouTube. It's got about five hits. Have a look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. They'll have nine after tonight. Then. Yeah, we'll go and check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Guys, great stuff. <laughs> Thanks for it's been great fun chatting. Um, we I'm will. Really we will, we will grab you for your favourite album you from the year in a minute off, for mate. our bonus podcast. But uh, for now, yeah. thanks, for, thanks for coming on and talking about the rifles. Yeah, thanks for having me. Searching for the perfect gift idea for that hard-to-buy person on your list? The Allbirds Wool Runner is a natural fit. The Wool Runner is super cozy, super comfy, and super giftable. It's made with ZQ-certified merino wool, a naturally cozy material that offers next-level comfort and a lower environmental impact. The cushioned midsole and versatile design offer all-day comfort in a classic style you can wear every day, even in a winter wonderland. And its fully machine-washable construction makes it easy to keep your shoes looking like new. Allbirds shows off the Wool Runner's carbon footprint right on the shoe so you can see the difference for yourself. On top of that, they actually offset that carbon footprint to zero, making the Wool Runner completely carbon neutral, so you can stay cozy and tread lighter on the planet. This holiday season, give tidings for comfort and coziness with the Allbirds Wool Runner. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.